Welcome to Overboard Podcast, and today we have Overdue joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing good, you? Doing fine. Bit of a late night, but decided to get the first episode out. Yeah. Uh, we got some questions from players. We're going to go out, but some of our topics are recent performances from top contenders, rookie of the year, drafts, playoffs, or um, DFAs, and stuff like that. So, would you like to get started? Yeah. The first question is uh, for you, Over. How are you finding it as OGM of the Kraken? So uh, I believe it's Sloth that asked that one. It's okay. been very easy. Uh, much credit to Seven for doing that for me because it's a bit of a learning curve considering how long I've actually been in the league for. But I'm I'm getting it under control a little bit now, heading into playoffs. Uh, I was always big on the drafts, so the off season's kind of my thing compared to the regular season and playoffs, which he's done pretty good at. Uh, you know, other than that, it's just the learning experience, getting other things like trades under the belt, which will mostly be his discretion of course but it's just things that i need to learn as time goes on and you can't really teach in the moment so yeah and i can attest that you're doing an amazing job you brought me in you've been mentoring me and you've been updating us about scores our ratings and you've been keeping the team upbeat fashion and having the team go well. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, I brought in you and that was one of the bigger things I learned recently was actually how to sign people, which was interesting. I mean, Sloth heard my struggles with that while it was happening in the <laughs> in our management chat. But I'm I'm good with that stuff now, so it's more so just moving on from that. And continuation of question slot asked. Uh, he asked me is how I'm finding the league so far. It's been a bit exciting and a bit hectic trying to learn TPE, uh, media, learning emulation and. But with the Kraken management and the locker room, they've been helping me uh, keep on track and helping me learn uh, how to actually push myself to be a better player in the league and how to learn the site. I do have to thank you also for bringing me on. 
Mm-hmm. And for anyone that's new in the league, whether you're a UDFA, DFA, or <laughs> created closer to the draft, or somehow finding your way back to this podcast, the first week is the hardest. But solely because you're learning how to update, how to do TPE, how to earn money, how to earn TPE. And then you also have to adjust to whatever team you're on or get drafted to. And it's an overall whirlwind, but after that, it gets much easier. Um, another question from Sloth was, how do you both see the cracking season going the rest of the way? Um, would you like, uh, I'll let you start. I mean, I'd obviously like it to go good, but uh, there's yeah. there's five games left at the time we're recording this, and we are six points ahead of Newfoundland for first in the East. So it, it's hard to complain about our position now, but obviously going into playoffs is something that's... Uh, you want to do it strong. You want to go into playoffs strong. You want to have a winning streak. You want your goalies ready. Uh, whether or not you think heat on goalies makes a difference or not, because that's been a topic of discussion for a while now. But we've had a decent record the rest of the, the whole season. We've been consistent, and I think just keeping that up will do us fine. Yeah, with the simulations and We've been going strong. We haven't had the blowout when we've lost, and uh, we our goalies have been impeccable. We've started mm-hmm. a few uh, that aren't our backup, our starters, and we've been trying to give people chances, even though we've we're going into the playoffs, but we're letting our Goalies rest so that we can. Uh, I've noticed that they are, and I can tell that the whole team is excited for playoffs and that we're ready. Yeah, yeah, the goalies make a big difference. Just, and we're really lucky. Um, most teams have a really good goalie, but we're lucky to have two good goalies in Bluntman and Rart. And being able to play both of them in playoffs without worry is. Uh, pretty good for just keeping them in shape, which helps in a longer run, which we're hoping for. I can see uh, us potentially winning the pub, but other teams are strong as well. (laughs) Our last question from Scott was uh, looking forward to any off-season plans. And, uh, for me, it's just getting my players some TPE, continuing to learn the site, get, getting drafted, trying to adjust to the SHL, and while well, keeping with the um, juniors and trying to better my player and better the teams that I'm going to be on. And like I said earlier, draft is pretty big for me. 
So that's what I've been looking forward to. I've already gotten started on some scouting for New Orleans this year, which is new. And I've already set up the Kraken uh, sheets for this year, which I'm excited for. So upcoming weeks will be more busy for that, just with all the scouting I'm doing. But I think draft day is the most fun of it all, just being able to <laughs> be a part of that GM role, however limited, and being a part of the draft from behind the scenes was cool last year and something I'm looking forward to doing again this year. And there'll be a pretty big draft for New Orleans and a pretty big draft for Carolina. So hoping it goes well. There's no tampering. Just be advised, no tampering. <laughs> yeah, no tampering. <laughs> um, we have something from uh, Capital Chicago. Uh, the best DFA in the SMJHL so far. And I'll let you start off with that because you would know more about that than me. Yeah, so I'm assuming, look, hearing it now, ACAP was asking stats-wise. But uh, looking at it right now, lots of the guys have one or two games under their belts, and I think that's kind of hard to judge off of. But uh, there, there's been a few guys well-known around the league, like Mike Izzy and uh, Grapehead, that have recreated for the season that are a, I know Kirk Stone, which is Grapehead's goalie, has gotten signed or is in the process of being signed. Um, uh, how do you make a new player also? How do you recreate? Yeah, I believe he did. So it would be once you have your player, right? And that's just a recreate, or that's just a create since it's your first player. If depending, you have your career, however long it goes, once you retire, you can pretty much recreate, and that'll be your second player is all it means. It's just you creating your second player. Uh, so it'd be it'd be the same process as a first-gen creating his player, except a little less of the starting T TPE, but that's all. I saw that uh, Drunken Teddy did uh, retire his player, so... Yeah. Yeah, you have to retire it, or in the case of possibly a very old member, if it's auto-retired and he went inactive, or he or she went active and came back to the league, it would still be recreating as long as the last player is retired and out of the league. Yeah. So, we have another question from ACAP. Who will win Rookie of the Year? <laughs> and that can be taken multiple ways with how good the rookies are this season. Yeah. Personally, I believe that fellow Kraken will. Um, recently, she's been top of uh, 
points and then killing it no matter what. But could go either way. So yeah, to, uh, I believe that's how you say it. I could be completely wrong, and I'm sorry if I <laughs> said it. But would you yes. like to pick him? Obviously, I'd rather Kaliop win with their uh, player, Fraser Hellstrom. If I recall correctly, she's leading the league in goals for rookies. And she lost the point league, point lead, but she's still well up there. And a lot of rookies are sort of in that 20-point spot. Uh... I think there's three other names that a lot of people have probably heard, or maybe only two. Uh, John St. Arc is probably lots of people's favorites, and he's a goalie for Vancouver. 23 games played, and he has gone 19-3-0 with a 1.56 goals against and a .931 save percentage. And as much as you think goals against is a team style, which... I slightly agree with. 1.56 is pretty nuts, considering he's played half the season for them. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's insane. With with a, with the season, that is something yeah. you never see, but continue. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, uh, oh, don't worry. And some might argue he doesn't deserve it which I can see the argument behind it because the Vancouver team in front of him is very good on every aspect of their game. They really don't have a weakness and have made it very easy for him, which puts him in a spot where personally I wouldn't be mad if he wins it. And I'd actually, well, I wouldn't be mad with any of the guys I list, but I'm not sure. I'm not convinced if he's the most observing right now. Uh, there's two other names, like, and pardon my pronunciation, Bass O'Bigbers on Newfoundland and Cian McFelter on Kelowna. Kelowna is down there in the standings, to say the least. They had a good team the past few seasons and are kind of taking that hit now. But McFelter has been really good, and I'm pretty sure he's the leader in points right now. I can tell that some people would take in the record of the team into Rookie of the Year, but it's about production. So can't really count them out because of uh, simply team record. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, he has a lot of, a lot more minutes than the others. I think he's averaging around two minutes more than the other skaters that are being looked at. Um, personally, I really like Basso Big Brews, and I'm not sure if they're getting much recognition by anyone. I haven't heard anyone say his name yet. Uh, he is at 45 games played with nine goals. 12 assists, and 21 points. And he is third in the league in Corsi and fourth in the league in Fenwick, if you like that stuff. All for rookies. For rookies alone, for Corsi and Fenwick. 
which I think is great, despite Newfoundland being good. Third and fourth for rookies is still insane, in my opinion. You don't have to be atop of every stat to be rookie of the year. No. So, St. Arc, Hellstrom, McFelter, and O'Bigbers are probably my picks. But I, I can see an argument for all of them. And like I yeah. said earlier, as a Kraken GM, I would love Hellstrom to take it home. Definitely. And uh, this one, it's hard to determine it because we haven't gotten to the playoffs yet. We don't know seeding or, um, or how the season is going to end. So... ACAP asked, who will come out on top for the uh, SMJL playoffs? And personally, just based off of uh, how the teams have done, uh, win percentage, goals against, goals for, how the players are, you could either go Vancouver, Anchorage, Carolina, and even uh, Anaheimer. New fountain, excuse me. Uh, so it could go anywhere, but as a Kraken, uh, I have to say, I want to see the Kraken come out, but I could see any team because, uh, with Vancouver, they largest win percentage at 0.787. And they have less than 100 goals allowed. So that's a big determining factor with playoffs. Can't allow too many goals. Otherwise, you'll have no way of coming back or winning games. But with Newfoundland, Carolina, they're in a race first and east with, as you said, with Newfoundland being six points behind Kraken, uh, 53rd mm. and 59, respectively. Uh, it's going to be a hard playoffs because of how many good teams there are at the top of the league. But uh, if I, with an unbiased decision, I'd have to go Vancouver. But being biased towards the crack and we have to go Carolina. Right. And I'm, I'm probably the same way. I, I, of course, I'm going to say Carolina. So our, our, our go with my answer being excluding Carolina, just so I get some points out that make sense for the rest of the league. Uh, I think Newfoundland and Carolina are the two big powerhouses, although I could see Maine making a big run. They were good last year. Meeting Newfoundland in the finals with the new playoff format that I don't really like. Um, Carolina and Newfoundland have been powerhouses for the last two seasons, I think. Each season they've met each other in the semifinals. In season 54, Carolina won in Game 7 and went on to win the Four Star Cup. In season 55, Newfoundland won in Game 7 against Carolina and went on to win the Four-Star Cup. And 
this season. They're both very good, despite the large, large losses that both had. Newfoundland losing what is now one of the best rookies in the SHL. And more personally, Carolina lost Hutton, which is my player, along with Cuddles, Knight, Wagner, Dacry, and all being huge parts of the team. And we're still doing fine. So uh, for the East, they're my two picks, and I think the Kraken can take taken advantage of that this season just with the guys that have stepped up for us but uh in the west i think it's a little bit of a different story vancouver's obviously way up there in the standings having one of the best records in the league since season for season 53 detroit falcons uh anchorage anaheim and nevada are all interesting i think i like Anchorage the best out of all of them. I think Nevada's year is next year. And Anchorage, despite having played two more games, if I'm right, have gone 7-2-1 in their last 10. And I, I, I think that's a good, good indication they're going to start well in the playoffs. Um, Vancouver is just much, much better than every team though yeah in in uh, on paper <laughs> on paper definitely i mean with the game it can go anyway but on paper you can see clear differential with how on offense and defense but uh mm-hmm. coming in with fourth question from a cap which is another hard question to determine this early before playoffs have happened. Uh, biggest upset in playoffs you would see happen. Then, uh, that's certainly hard to determine, but with uh, how good defensively and offensively uh, Anaheim is, I could see them on paper, excuse me, uh, I could see them possibly taking Vancouver to seven and winning, but I can also see uh, Maine taking out Carolina, unfortunately, or but biggest mm-hmm. upset would be Vancouver losing somewhere, um, most likely being cup favorite in many people's eyes. But uh, it's going to be a very tough, very long, and very exciting playoffs to see and be in. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only three teams that you can really say would be upset this year are Carolina, Newfoundland, and Vancouver. And even Carolina, Newfoundland they aren't that much better than lots of the other teams in terms of the standings right now, of course. I think any of the good teams we've mentioned so far losing to a team like Colorado 
or Quebec City might not be great. You could see that as an upset. Yeah. Even, but looking at Caroline, Newfoundland, you could say that's an upset. But would you say any of Anchorage, Anaheim, or Nevada losing being an upset? Because they they are about the same. Carolina yeah. being three points higher than Anchorage, Newfoundland being two points lower than Nevada, and Anchorage, in Anaheim, and Nevada are all within a point as it stands at this recording. So I think the biggest upset will be Vancouver, whether they lose in the finals, the semifinals, or the quarterfinals, because they are so much better than everyone else, and it really just screams Detroit season 53. For, For someone who created around the time of the season 53 finals and watched Detroit win that, and looking back at it now, it would have been bad if they lost that. They were they are that much better than the rest of the teams. So I think I think Vancouver losing this year would be the biggest upset, whether it happens or not. If we see a huge upset with Kelowna or Detroit beating someone like Newfoundland, Carolina, Vancouver, Anchorage, if we see one of those teams or even St. Louis uh, beating some of the top teams. That would be a, an upset, but you see Detroit winning it all somehow, some way, or Kelowna. There will be riots like Vancouver when they lost. <laughs> yep. Yep. There'll be a lot of unhappy people. Uh, and the fifth question from ACAP ACAP decided to come in hard with us uh, what team will unexpectedly not make it far into the playoffs and I could go hand in hand with the biggest upset um, it could go from either Newfoundland, Carolina Vancouver, Anchorage, Anaheim we said but uh, with, I could honestly see Nevada not making that far, even though they're tied with Anaheim. But uh, you would know more about the subject with me being so new. But uh, honestly, this is going to be a tough season and a tough playoffs. And, could go any which way you wanted to see. Yeah. I I think my pick for unexpected at least would be Anaheim, actually. Uh, they sold Amelia Bergman before the season started, who was their best defenseman. And I don't think they thought they were going to be this good this year. And they ended up being this good. And it's been kind of a weird time for Anaheim because Boxman 2 just retired, who was very good for them. Yeah. 
And I think losing him will be a big hit to their team. Uh, I mean, they still have their other players, but I think losing Boxman too is a little too much for a team who already maybe should not have been this good. I, it might just be the butterfly that broke our back. Yeah. Um... I mean, I did see him tire, and I did look into him, and he was a big part of their defense and why they were so good with allowing less than 100 goals against this season. So, well, so far with a few games left, but um, by the time recording this, uh, but with him retiring, it could bring them down in playoffs, like you said, but yeah, and it's going to be hard for every team. Go ahead. Yeah. It, it, like, Anaheim still has players like Long John Donaire, who is currently sitting at 50 points. Ooh. And they have guys like Thomas Rose, who are sitting at 39 points. And they have guys like R.U. Jones, who are th- sitting at 37, along with Andrews. They have talent. It's just whether or not they can make it past the first round, I think, will be the biggest test. Because all of a sudden you have to make lineup changes within your top six if he wasn't first line. And yeah. that's huge, this close to playoffs. And if that changes something that is hard to fix it's a hard situation to get out of because you have you have seven games to do it, hoping that you don't lose four off the bat. Yeah. So we're, we're seeing how they, if they make it out of the first round, I think they'll be fine. But it's like seeing it's, your it's, team captain go down. Yeah. And it's not knowing when he's going to be back or back at all, which in this case he's not. Yeah, he won't be back, so... That'll be my pick for unexpected. I I think it could be the most possible looking. Obviously, one of the six teams we're mentioning will go down. Probably. But I think Anaheim would be my pick for now. Uh, And last pick and one. Question I love from um, ACAP the most. Uh, best trader acquisition made by a team prior to the deadline. And over to you, I'll let you start with this one first. So <laughs> I really like trade Colorado made in with Nevada, where they traded traded away Rocco Strongo. And in return they got Kekalinen. The Battleborns first in season 57 and the Battleborns first in season 58. And for those who aren't too familiar with the players, Kekalainen is a season 57 SHL draftee. So he is one year into the SMJHL. And Strongo is 
a season 56 SHL JFG who was drafted last year. And Strongo is currently at 448 TPE. So he'll be capped for Nevada, no problem. And Kekalainen is earning at a pretty good pace, and he's at 239 TPE. So I think here, me, I mean, it's good for the pace you're looking at for some of these season 57 SHL draftees. I think he shouldn't have any problem meeting the cap at the 350 cap or the 425 cap because he's act he's active um and then just the two firsts on top of that i feel like it's way too much definitely uh, you have to add some compensation i think strongo will be better i mean he's better right now and he's not old at all he'll be 425 next year for nevada and Kekalainen, obviously new, but you'll still be earning good. You'll just be a year back, which isn't exact. I think it's a good trade for Nevada without the firsts. But the two firsts, whether or not you think a sweetener is needed, two firsts is way too much. Yeah. And Most Colorado... Still in. I'm sorry. Yeah. And like Nevada's gonna be good for those two seasons. Hopefully. But I, that's still a top ten, top twelve pick. And two of those in the SMGHL will go a far, far way. Whether they hit or not. Because <laughs> you can have one of those hit and all of a sudden the trade becomes Kekalainen, who let's say maxed out, and another 425 for Strongo, which all of a sudden looks very, very bad. Yeah. So I think it's a great trade for Colorado. It's great regardless of the firsts. They Their timeline is a little further than Nevada's, if we're being real. I think that gives Kekalainen an opportunity to grow into a role that you'll be very good at and gives them a chance to capitalize on those firsts or use them to upgrade their draft arsenal for this coming draft or the one afterwards. So we'll see how that goes, but that's probably my best trade will be the Colorado, Colorado Raptors doing that. Yeah, I mean, the first most I'd give is first and maybe a later round. Is there a later round? Yeah, yeah, you can trade later rounds. It, okay. it depends on the draft. I think last year, teams started passing in the fifth round. Uh, in my draft, I'm pretty sure we made it to the ninth round without trouble. So it, it really depends. It's kind of spotty, but who knows? I mean, you could give fourth, third at max, but. Yeah. Is like giving away a superstar and getting a promising prospect in a top 10 pick for a couple years. Yeah. But for me, I'm news, I don't know too many trades, but um, 
for me, Beth Sonning would have to be Carolina Kraken bringing yeah. Sonning Kaich, you know, say at the trade deadline. And, uh, well, I say that just being biased, but how we do trade is the best. But, uh, I know. Well, yeah, Sonning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With. I know I'll be working hard for the Kraken, and uh, I know that it'll be good payouts with the team, with mentors in the team, the management. They're all so supportive, and they love to help out. So I know that signing will be one of the best of the decade. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> and I believe we have one more user question. Um, this is more of a SHL question, and I'll let you answer that. Not, not as big as a SHL right now. Uh, which team do you have the most and least hope for in, in four to five seasons' time? So, most hope... I mean, I probably sound like a broken record with how long it's been said. I think Chicago's doing good now, and I think they're getting better. I don't think they're supposed to be this good this year. They're supposed to see improvement, not be second in the East of all conferences. <laughs> um, but New England and Tampa Bay have a lot of prospects in the system now after coming off two big drafts and still have picks to be made this coming season and the one afterwards. And if half of those players hit, I think there'll still be a very good team. Uh, I'm not sure if there's one team in particular I'm worried about. I mean, Buffalo's collapse this year is very weird, if you can call it that because they're fourth in the East, but that would still give them second in the West. And they have prospects in the system that are very good. Um, I think Atlanta and Seattle being new, some of them took some pretty old guys in. I think you have to start building up your prospects at some point, or at least think about it. Think about getting the younger guys in just so you are somewhat prepared for the guy's departure. I haven't seen too much of that. I could be talking out of my ass, but those are the two teams. I don't think they're in trouble, but those are the two teams I think I want to see improvement for going into the next couple or more seasons. No. Can't say much, but with them not trying to train the rookies to have some experience in this SHL and trying to bring those rookies up rather than continue bringing on some veterans, you need to train those rookies so that you have that future and they have some experience. And um, 
Do you have some questions that I've made? Uh, and first one would be uh, recent performances from top contenders. Um, speaking from the Kraken side, uh, I know we we haven't been the best we could be, but we haven't been horrific. We've been in the last 10, 6 to 4. I know we've had one pretty horrible loss. We've, we've lost. It hasn't been that bad. A goal or two. We've lost. And our wins are two to three goals. Or sometimes it'll be a shootout. And we'll win in overtime or win by a goal. But uh, we've been keeping... Our young guys going. They've been playing amazing. I know yeah. uh, Murray has been playing out of his mind. And mm-hmm. uh, you found them uh, very close to us, about being six points back. By the time we're recording this, uh, they're six, three, and one, which I can't say too much about uh, how they've been playing. Uh, Watch the Sims, and they play playing decent. Few losses that could be controversial, but with how good any of these teams are, and how much they're wanting to fight and trying to fight uh, any losses, huge loss, and where they are fighting for first, and in the West, Vancouver. The powerhouse that they are, not in one in their last ten. Uh, they've been dominating recently, and I know that they're still going to be dominating until last game. Uh, they could pull off the pedal last few games. Some of the players that they're not playing, put them in, get them some ice time, and uh, get them some experience with them right out the season. Anchorage, still someone new. Uh, Anchorage. Uh, they're they're seven two and one, doing pretty good in the last ten. They have to keep fighting like that, uh, otherwise they won't be able to keep that lead for seconds. They have um. They have a few contenders found them in uh, Anaheim and Nevada, only one point back with both of them. And uh, it's going to be hard to keep that with um, Nevada in the last 10 going 6 3 and 1. And Anaheim has been, hasn't done the best in the last 10. Two six and two, but if Anchorage can keep it going, they've got the second spot in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the one of the things to note, I think, in that race between Anchorage, Anaheim, and Nevada is that Anchorage has played two more games than Anaheim and Nevada. And only have a one point lead. So 
they've been doing great, sure. I think they can keep it up. But so is Nevada. Yeah. And I think with two games on hand, one point is very manageable. And even with Anaheim, as far as I know, they have a pretty easy schedule ahead of them with teams that aren't in the top of the conferences or leagues or divisions even. I I think they have a chance to at least break even, which could give them an opportunity to catch Anchorage. Definitely. I think Nevada's the most scary out of those to take second place, although I think Anchorage is probably the most scary out of the three in playoffs. Again, Nevada having their year next year, hopefully, the way it's going for them. Uh, the Kraken, it's nothing special in terms of recently. They've, they've been bringing UDFAs and for most of the season they've had pretty consistent performances most of the season uh, Newfoundland is pretty much the same, pretty consistent there haven't been any big big streaks where they've lost or won that have put them ahead or behind uh, Vancouver obviously still starting well but that nine one and oh i think they're on a four game win streak now too it, it gives them a it gives them a big boost over the other teams and Definitely. i guess if, if you're asking for that boost going into playoffs is pretty good so like we've said earlier vancouver's probably the scariest out of them but that three-way race in the west is going to be interesting Thank God it's not in the East this year because I don't feel like having my heart go through any of that again. Especially after what happened to us last year in our last three games. That was a little bit disappointing. And I won't be going into details with that. But uh, yeah, I think Vancouver's been doing good and it's probably the team that's the favorite already. So Definitely. Question that I thought of, um, and it's for newer players, even some people that might be struggling with articles uh, or just the site in general, even if with them coming back or anything like that. Um, it's mostly for you because I'm not knowledgeable in the subject of. Best site articles and best players or users uh, to go to for help. Yeah, so there there was an article a while ago that was written by one of the rookies, and uh, it included the best build for a certain amount of TP for each type of player. And I couldn't find it again as one or two seasons ago. And that was that's pretty good if I find it. I have the link in the in the podcast afterwards. But uh you said it I'll put it in the uh article so that mm-hmm. it can help people out. Yeah. Uh, other than that, 
I can't I can't speak for other teams, but uh Fuzz made a really good rookie article for us that helps uh you know the new guys understand what attributes do what, which is pretty good for guys who are more focused on wanting to build their player a certain way going to the SHL rather than those who want to be good for the SMJHL in transition because a lot of GMs would help with that. Um, earning, earning TP, again, can't speak for other teams, but I'm very sure they do the same, is once you're drafted, make sure you get the pings because lots of the teams will ping you for any TPE you can have. Uh, that doesn't help much for the guys in the upcoming draft that could be new. And for that, I say take advantage of the mentors in your draft class Discord. Uh, for me personally, it was that guy 91, I believe, is the number he uses. Uh, he was great for me. and. These are guys that are very knowledgeable about the site. I remember Muted Faith was in there as well, and he's he's a GM. Uh, a lot of a lot of the, these guys are there to help. It's their job to help you. They want to help you, so they'll be pretty open. Just message one of them, ask them about something uh, for DFA's or UDFA's that are newer to the league. Uh, your GMs are huge for you. And there's a lot of guys, I'm sure, on the leadership team that will help you as well. Because everyone in the league knows the struggle it was to be a new player. Yeah. <laughs> Especially and if they didn't have help. I can definitely say that you <laughs> and Seven, Law, and even just non-management players... Uh, Plays on the yeah. roster helped me. I know uh, Devin has created a. Um, oh no, sorry, it was Fuzz. Um, yeah. He created a guide to uh, attributes, attributes, excuse me, and that has helped me with trying to learn what my, what type of player my player is, and what I should focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure a lot of teams have that. Uh, I'm also sure a lot of teams have a rookie thread they can go through, uh, yeah. which is pretty much just an updated version or more precise version of what the league already has. Uh, if you're if you again if you're a prospect looking at this a DFA that maybe hasn't signed or doesn't have a locker room, that create a player thread and the create a player, you know, sort of area that helps set up the update page. If you haven't done it, it there's info on earning PTs there, earning TP from PTs there, which is big. And yeah. it's a, it's a little choppier to go through. I'll be honest. It hasn't been updated in a while. It's how I learned. And I still had to ask questions. But if you start there and you don't know what you're doing, and like I said earlier, the mentors in your draft class Discord are going to be huge. 
And we're approaching an hour with it being roughly uh, eight minutes away. I do have a closer from uh, one of the management team, a sloth. And that is, uh, would you rather fight Kraken-sized falcon on land or 10 falcon-sized krakens in water? I'll let you go first. So I would rather fight 10 falcon-sized kraken in the water. Uh, I ain't a good swimmer by any means, but if I make my way to somewhat of a shore, or at least get knee-deep, waist-deep, I think I can take that on the hockey sticker too. Uh, I just don't see any way I'm beating a. Just hit it with a slap shot and you're good. Yeah. Get that <laughs> warmed up. Don't see any way I'm beating a Kraken sized Falcon, I'll be honest. But you're finding 10 Falcon sized Krakens. So. Oh. Yeah. So I, I can't do that. <laughs> no way I'm doing that. And that's, but I feel like I could if I was able, if I got resources like some uh, guns or some weapons. I feel like I could fight that falcon size, cracking size falcon, excuse me, on, on land. Because if I go into a forest with large enough trees, like a red cedar forest, uh, it wouldn't be able to get me from above or go through it. So I'll be able to stand there and attack it. And mm-hmm. it's getting me. And that's uh it's a good way to definitely protect yourself. But yeah. uh and yep. without that preparation. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, good question, but... Sloth. Um, but... Um, I know that there are going to be a lot of good games in those playoffs, and I know that it's going to be a very tough season for any team, including uh, Vancouver. You know, they're such a powerhouse. And I do want to thank you for coming on to the first uh, podcast, first episode, and um, I know that... Especially if you've made it this far. (laughs) Definitely. Thank you for staying, honestly. (laughs) Uh, And you are on GM... And you've been teaching me about this, so thank you for that. Oh, so for sure. For coming on. Uh, oh. I know that this isn't going to be my last, even if it is boring to some people. Uh, I know I do have one planned with Seven, the other GM of the Kraken. And he does, I'll say this because I know from others that his... Uh, um, podcast. It's amazing. It's, you would know the name. Uh, yeah, hockey, te- hockey talk tonight. And Every Thursday. <laughs> For those of you who don't watch it regularly, you should. Uh, best talk show in the SHL. 
and uh, I'll be listening to it myself as I do some work and uh, with him coming on and with him being part of that podcast, I know I'll be, I'll be able to learn from him and he'll bring some good things to this podcast, but mm-hmm. you're saying thank you for coming on. And if you have anything else to say or end it with, go ahead. Uh, no, I mean, I'm glad to be here. Glad to, glad to help you out a little bit. Glad you're on the team, but, uh, should be all for me. Okay. And, uh, I hope that you didn't make it this far, and I hope that, uh, if possible, you can give me some feedback. And I will be posting. You make it this far. Uh, I will be posting a thread for questions with seven uh, after this is posted. So if you would gladly go pop a few questions if you'd like, and uh, again, thank you for watching, and I hope you have an amazing day.